Hello, Bridgetown Church, and those of you joining us online. My name is Gavin Bennett. And I'm Bethany Allen. And this is the second of a four-part Bridgetown Daily for the Advent season. This week, we'll continue on in our journey. You'll remember that in Advent, we practice and embrace the rhythm of watching and waiting. And in that, we move through both the aches and joys in it, allowing each to draw our attention to God's presence, to the reality that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. While waiting can be a difficult task, particularly for the small humans among us, it is the space where our anticipation grows. It's the last week of school before summer vacation. It's the final week before our due date. It's the callback from the interview. Or it's that window of time before your postmate order arrives. Anticipation is both a great cultivator and a great connector. While anticipation can produce anxiety or fear, in Advent, we remember that God's original plan was that it cultivate joy and connect us to love himself. As we mentioned last week, the perfect expression of love is God embodied. Love is God putting on flesh and moving into our neighborhood. With this in mind, joy then is the fruit or byproduct of knowing that God is near, not just to the ancient Israelites, but to us. Christmas, historically, has been a mixed bag of both joy and sadness. For some, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and for others, well, it can be the most painful. The truth is, many of us, especially those of us in the Christian tradition, often confuse joy with feeling good. We've been sold and have bought into a story of happiness whose false promises reek of self-medication, ultimately leaving many of us numbed and unable to experience true joy. If joy as the culture sells it only leaves us numb, where does true joy come from? Well, joy as we find it in the scriptures is ultimately born of and from salvation. Salvation is God stepping into and changing our reality, breathing life into the things we thought dead. And it's more than just salvation for our spiritual state. Much like we see in Advent, there is an embodiment to God's salvation. Yes, we need to be saved from our sin, but we also need to be saved from disease, unemployment, divorce, abuse, COVID-19, famine, war, darkness. For the apprentice of Jesus, our salvation, our rescue from sin and its effects on our world is not static. It is something that has happened and something that keeps happening. In the language of Paul, we are saved, we have been saved, and we are being saved. In the scriptures, joy is rooted in God, but it's also rooted in the ways of God or living life as God intended it. In Jesus, God is showing us the best way to be human, the way that when followed and lived over time leads to maximum joy. As one of the church fathers once said, the glory of God is man fully alive. God wants us to be fully alive, and that involves our joy. 
The best examples of this joy in the Advent story are the songs of Zechariah, the father of John the baptizer, and that of Mary, the mother of Jesus. The Gospel of Luke opens with an old barren couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah was a priest in the temple, and he and his wife were faithful followers of Yahweh. Verse 6 of Luke chapter 1 says, Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Despite their not receiving what they desperately wanted, a child, they remained faithful to God. As the story goes on, we see that an angel comes to Zechariah as he is burning incense in the temple and tells him that God will answer their fervent prayers by granting them a child, a son, who will be a joy and delight to you, who will go on before the Lord to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, meaning he will prepare the way for the Messiah, the long-awaited salvation of Israel. Zechariah can hardly believe it. In fact, he can't reason out the impossibility of it all. But the angel responds by saying, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Zechariah questioned and doubted the promise of God. This man who was righteous before God thought that this was all too good to be true. Maybe you can relate. And yet, the beauty is that this doesn't stop God. Even though Zechariah doubts God, God still does what he said he would, and more. God bursts through, and he gives this barren old couple a son, John the baptizer, who prepares the way for the coming Messiah, Jesus. But more than that, he also declared the prophetic reality that salvation was coming for all people, Zechariah lived to see the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy for which Israel had been waiting for hundreds of years. Which brings us to Mary, an unmarried teenager, and yet, as the scriptures say, she was highly favored by God. An angel visits her and says that she will conceive and give birth to the Messiah. While Zechariah's reality was that he and Elizabeth were old and barren, Mary's was that she was a virgin. As she takes this all in, she runs down to her older cousin Elizabeth's house, yes, Zechariah's wife Elizabeth, and as they greet each other, Mary, overwhelmed with the joy at the presence of God in her life, bursts into song. A not-so-unsimilar family response, because we also read that after some time passes, Elizabeth gives birth, and Zechariah too, overwhelmed with joy at the presence of God in his life, also bursts into song. Both of these people, overwhelmed by the joy of salvation, moved to worship. And so we invite you now to hear their words and to let them wash over you. As you listen, would you worship along, imagining what they were feeling and trying to embody their joy yourself? The Song of Mary, as recorded in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy 
is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. The Song of Zechariah, as recorded in Luke chapter 1, verses 67 to 79. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Now, before we move on, we want to remember that when we experience joy, our natural response is an overflowing of gratitude, of worship. And in God's brilliant design, we find that the act of worship actually leads to greater or more joy. There's a unique and cyclical reality to joy and worship, one always giving way to the other. With that, we want to spend a few minutes responding in song in the same way that Zachariah and Mary did. As Matt begins to sing, we encourage you to do more than just listen. Would you too sing, maybe even dance or laugh and respond to the Holy Spirit as joy wells up in you, as you sense his nearness, remember his goodness and reflect on his promises. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and Joy to the Savior, 
joy to the world the Savior reigns that men their songs employ while fields and floods rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy repeat the sounding joy
I'd like to pray this prayer over us. If you're willing and able, would you join me by getting into a posture of receiving? For some, that may be palms up. For others, you may need to get on your knees. Whatever position, our hope is that you are able to receive and pray this with us. Loving God, we open ourselves to you. Trusting that this is how you made us. You created us for joy-filled hearts and lives. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us the peace that comes from justice. Fill us with the kind of joy that cannot be contained, but must be shared. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you that we may walk in the light of Christ. Let us rejoice in you always, for you have created us with the capacity for joy. Let us find what makes us joyful and make that our gift to the world. Let us trust in your goodwill for all creation and open ourselves to your gentle, transforming love. Let us welcome new possibilities in our lives let us offer ourselves to your goodness. Let us go forth in love and in joy.